0: Well, good morning, Faith Bridge. It's so great to be back with you this morning, streaming into the living room of your home or your apartment or your townhome. I just want to start by sharing with you that I, I think that I love the restaurant Chewy's. Now, keep in mind, I live in College Station i and before College Station, I lived in Waco, so we don't have all the food options that you guys have in Houston. But in almost 14 years of date nights, the restaurant that we have gone to most has been Chewy's. And I think The reason for that is simply because I have my order dialed in. Like, I don't know how you feel about Chewy's. Some of you guys like it. Some of you don't. But whatever you order when you go to Chewy's, I just need you to know that you're doing it wrong. And so I just want to fill you in this morning on what I order. And you better write this down. You better leave and go to lunch at Chewy's just to experience the goodness that is what I order. Uh, So here's what I do. I uh, first order Creamy J. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Creamy J, we need to catch you up to speed. I'm talking about Creamy Jalapeno Ranch. That's what I get as an appetizer. And then for my main course, uh, I order uh, chicken enchiladas and I ask for no sauce. And then I get a side of avocados. I put the avocados on top of the chicken enchiladas. And then I asked for another side of creamy jay, and I dumped the creamy J on top of the avocados and the chicken enchiladas for the sauce. And it is sweet nectar. Like people, I hope you understand. I'm trying to disciple you right now in the sweet and good ways of God. Now, here's what you need to know. There were years that I went to Chewy's And I ordered the creamy jalapeno ranch, and I ordered the chicken enchiladas, but I enjoyed them separately. And then I was talking to a friend one time, and this friend was like, wait, have you ever put the two together? You have to put the two together if you want to maximize satisfaction. And it was only then that I started pairing these two things together to maximize my enjoyment of this meal the reason that I'm telling you this is because this morning I want to talk about pairing two things together to maximize spiritual satisfaction I want to talk specifically about pairing prayer with fasting to maximize spiritual satisfaction like, I, I um, hate to admit that it really wasn't until I prepared this talk that I realized that in all of the years that I've been a follower of Jesus Christ, the Word of God has been screaming at me that spiritual satisfaction is maximized when you pair prayer with fasting. I mean, just listen to what the scriptures say, okay? In, um, in Ezra eight twenty three. It says, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Daniel 9.3, then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Acts 14.23, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Do you see what the scriptures do? They pair prayer with fasting. We're in a series right now that we're calling Never Been Closer. We want to be people who move closer to Jesus. We want to experience greater intimacy with Him. And if you want to do that, I want to invite you this week to try pairing prayer with fasting. Now, I think that we get prayer and we've already talked about prayer in this series. But what comes to mind when you hear the topic of fasting? I think for so many of us, we just think about not eating. And so fasting is primarily about sacrifice, but I just need you to know that fasting is so much more about satisfaction than it is about sacrifice. And the reason that I say that is because anytime you talk about fasting, you have to take into account what Jesus says about himself in John chapter 6. What does he say in verse 35? He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm in the business of satisfying the deepest longings of your soul. What fasting does is it looks past the hunger of your stomach to the hunger of your soul, and it It maximizes spiritual satisfaction. So if you want to know what we're talking about today, we're talking about feeling full from going hungry. Because when you fast, you are actually fasting to prioritize your soul and you're fasting to get more of the bread of life, Jesus Christ. And isn't that what this series is all about? We want to be able to say, you know what, I've never been closer to Jesus. If you want to get more of Jesus, then prioritize your soul by pairing prayer with fasting. So let's unpack fasting. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. That's where we're going to start. And as you're turning there, let me just remind you a book that's been very helpful for me as I've sought to live a life where I can say I've never been closer to Jesus. A really helpful book is the book Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney, it has been extremely helpful for me as I have sought to understand fasting. I think where we have to start is simply by acknowledging that Jesus fasted and he taught us to fast. I mean, the first thing that we find find out about Jesus's adult life was that he was baptized by John the Baptist. The second thing we find out about his adult life is found in Matthew chapter four. Verses one and two, what does it say? It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So one of the first things that we find out about Jesus' adult life was that he fasted. Jesus fasted. That means if we are going to follow Jesus, if we are going to seek to be like Jesus, then fasting will be a part of our lives. Jesus fasted, and Jesus taught us to fast. Flip over just a couple of chapters to Matthew chapter 6. Right after Jesus teaches us to pray, by teaching us the Lord's Prayer, he teaches us to fast. Listen to what he says in chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. He says, and when you fast. Notice the wording. He doesn't say, and if you fast he assumes that fasting will be a part of the normal Christian life. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, there's that wording again. Anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And listen to this. And your Father whose seasoned secret will reward you. Jesus taught us to fast. He assumes that fasting will be a part of the normal Christian experience. So let's just be clear. You cannot be like Jesus without fasting. And if Jesus considers fasting a normal part of the Christian life, then you can't be close to Jesus without fasting. So let's get on the same page and let's just define fasting because fasting is not just not eating. Remember, it's so much more about satisfaction than sacrifice. So here's how we're going to define fasting. Fasting is a Christian's voluntary abstinence. It's something that you do by choice, not out of obligation. It's a Christian's voluntary abstinence from something good for a predetermined amount of time, and for a spiritual purpose. Now, I wanna identify three different types of fast. The Bible identifies several different types, but I wanna identify three that will be most um, applicable to your life. The first type of fast is what we'll call a normal fast. Okay, a normal fast is abstinence from everything except water for a predetermined amount of time and for a spiritual purpose. No food, just water, specific time, specific purpose. The second type of fast is a partial fast. A partial fast is abstinence from some foods for a predetermined amount of time and for a spiritual purpose. Best example of this is the Daniel fast, if you're familiar with that. The third type of fast is what we'll call an alternative fast. An alternative fast is abstinence from something other than food for a predetermined amount of time and for a spiritual purpose. So this might look like fasting from social media, from TV, from the news. You have to figure out, but it's something that you withdraw from for a specific amount of time for a specific purpose other than food. In terms of how long to fast, well, the Bible gives examples of people fasting anywhere between part of a day to 40 days. Okay, the fast that I um, practice most is the normal fast. And so for me, what it looks like for me is I try most weeks, not all weeks, but most weeks, I try and fast from lunch one day a week. So I try and go from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., a seven-hour window with no food, only water. And what I have learned is when I fast, I have to fast for a specific purpose. Like there's been times I've done the normal fast and there's times where I've done a partial fast and there's times I've done the alternative fast. There have been seasons where I've stepped away from social media or TV or the news. And anytime I fast, I have to make sure that I have a spiritual purpose in mind because there's been times where I've fasted with no purpose in mind. And in those times, it's miserable. I'm just looking at the clock, wondering when I'm gonna be able to eat, because in that moment, I don't know why I'm fasting. I'm just doing it to do it. Do you know what that is? When all you're doing is not eating, that's just a diet, a really unhealthy diet, but that's just a diet. You're not fasting, you're dieting. You have to do it for a specific purpose. When I really locked into this and I began fasting for specific reasons, man, my enjoyment of fasting, it's when I began to feel full from going hungry. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you six reasons why you should fast this week. Six reasons, and these reasons are gonna go fast. So track with me, write these things down. Let me give you six reasons why you should fast this week. Number one, fast to intensify your prayers. Listen to Daniel 9:3 again. Then I turn my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. When you fast, you know what fasting does is it puts some heat on your prayers. It's like you're typing your prayers to God in all caps, using a lot of exclamation points. It intensifies your prayers. Because when you feel physical hunger, you know what you know what happens is that physical hunger translates into spiritual hunger. And you begin to say, you know what, God, I am hungry for you to do a work in my life. I'm I'm hungry for your provision, for your healing, for your guidance, your protection, your power, your presence. More than I need anything. I need you right now. I just fasted a couple of days ago, and I was fasting specifically for breakaway in this fall semester. And as I fasted, as I felt that physical hunger, I began to translate that to God. And I would say, God, I am hungry for you to do a good work this fall. It intensifies your prayers. Donald Whitney puts it this way. He says, fasting doesn't change God's hearing so much as it changes our praying. Second reason to fast this week is to fast for clarity. Remember what Acts 14.23 says, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, what's the point? They fasted to get clarity on who they should appoint as elders. I would imagine that many of you are trying to make big decisions right now, big big decisions about your kids' schooling or decisions about your work or, or what you're supposed to do in the midst of this really crazy season. I want to encourage you this week to fast for clarity. That's why I was fasting a couple weeks ago. I was, a couple days ago, I was fasting for God's clarity for breakaway. And there's been times where Kat and I have had to make some really big decisions in life. Um, I have fasted in order to get clarity from God. You know what fasting does? Is it puts you in a position where you're more ready to hear from God because physical hunger reminds you to stop, close your mouth, and open your ears to listen to God's voice and his leading in your life. Some of you are asking big questions right now. Maybe this week you need to fast from a meal to tune your heart in your ears to God's voice, so that you can get clarity from Him. Now, some of you guys are gonna fast for clarity this week, and you're not gonna get it, and you're gonna be like, TA, you lied to me, I fasted, and I didn't get any clarity. Well, here's the good news. You have two options. Number one, you can fast again, and see if God gives you more clarity. Or number two, you might be in a situation where you have to pull the trigger and make a decision. If that's the case, you know what fasting does is it just fortifies your step forward in the midst of uncertainty because you can move forward saying, you know what, God, I've sought my best to align my heart with your heart. And I still don't have clarity, but I've sought to do your will. And so I'm trusting you as I move forward that even if I make the wrong step, you in the end are going to make my paths. Third reason to fast this week is to fast because of your sin. You remember the story of Jonah? The, the climax of the story of Jonah is not when that fish spit Jonah out on, uh, out of his mouth. The climax is when Jonah goes to the Ninevites and evil people and they repent. And you know what they do when they repent? They fast, they pair prayer With fasting, and they fast as a demonstration of their sorrow over their sin. Maybe this week you fast from a meal because you're just identifying that there's some sin in your life. You know what we, you know what we're doing when we're fasting is we feel physical hunger. We're just saying, God, you know what I'm hungry for your forgiveness in my life, and I'm hungry for your restoration. Would you just restore me? to a right relationship with you. I wanna experience your grace and your forgiveness and your nearness in my life. I remember earlier this summer I was fasting and as I fasted, God just revealed to me some sin that I was letting linger in my life. And as he did that, the, the prayer became, God, the discomfort that I feel right now from being physically hungry, I pray that I would always feel that discomfort with with sin lingering in my life. I never wanna get comfortable like feeling full from eating a meal. I don't wanna feel that type of level of comfort with sin just hanging out in my life. So maybe this week you fast from a meal because you you realize maybe maybe you're, you've been loose with your tongue. Maybe you've been lashing out at your loved ones because you guys have been cooped up or maybe there's a certain sin that you just keep giving yourself to and you just wanna say, God, I'm hungry for you to do a new work of cleansing, healing, and forgiveness in my life. Next reason I want to encourage you to fast this week is to fast for God's movement. Nehemiah 1 verses 3 through 4, it says, And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. We fast. We pair prayer with fasting, begging God for his For his movement in our lives. If there was ever a time in our nation, in our world, where we should be praying and fasting for God's movement, it is right now. Pastor Tony Evans described the times that we're in like this. He said we're in the middle of a medical pandemic, a cultural pandemic, and a spiritual pandemic pandemic. So just think, if we're in the middle of a medical pandemic, a cultural pandemic, and a spiritual pandemic, then the people of God should come together and pray and fast for God's movement. Like when you watch the news right now, I don't know what you believe the solution is to everything going on in the world. But if a supernatural movement by the Lord of Lords and King of Kings is not a part of the equation for you, then your equation is lacking. Would you choose this week to fast and pray for healing in our nation and in our world? But you know what? We don't just pray and fast for God's movement in our nation and our world. It's good to pray and fast for God's movement in the lives of of individuals. Like I remember um, some of my friends who are strong Christians, wandered away from the Lord, and I was going to be spending a weekend with them. And so I fasted for the day leading up to seeing them. Why? Because I was desperate for God to move in their lives. There have been times where friends have asked me to pray and fast for God's movement and clarity in their lives. Would you just think real quick? Take inventory. Who is sick and in need of healing right now in your life? Who of your Christian friends is hardened to the Lord right now? Whose marriage is on the doorstep of divorce? Who in your life doesn't know Jesus? I've been convicted just recently that I have a, there's someone in my life that I'm very close to that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And so I am going to pray and fast specifically for God to call him to himself. The fifth reason I want to encourage you to fast this week is fast for victory in the midst of temptation. Maybe there is some sin that just is continually beating you down. You know what? Jesus fasted in the wilderness before he was tempted by the devil. And often the devil tempts us when we are tired and hungry. But you know what? Jesus, while he was physically empty, he was spiritually full. And so he was able to walk in victory. If there's a certain sin that's beating you up or a certain temptation that you're nervous about, then you have fast this week and ask for God's protection and his provision and his power to walk in victory. And the sixth reason that I wanna encourage you to fast this week is this, fast as a display of love to God. Anna is a great example of this in Luke chapter 2. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. When you fast, what you're declaring to God is, you know what, Jesus, you are better. I need you more. I love you more than even the most basic necessities in life. It becomes an act of worship. It's a display of your love for God. I just want to remind you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. Do you remember what he said? And when you fast, assuming that fasting is a part of the normal Christian life, do you remember what he said at the very end? He said, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. That's how much God cares about fasting. He promises to reward you for doing it. Please don't be like my kids sometimes, who when I promise a reward for doing something, just just think, there's times where your kids, where you ask them to do something and you promise a reward. What's the question they ask you? What's the question my kids ask me? Well, what's the reward? Can we trust that our father in heaven is a perfect father who only knows how to give good gifts to his children. May we seek after the reward that comes from doing what he's called us to do, which is to fast. And let's just be clear, the greatest reward that God could give you is more of himself. That's what we want. We want more of Jesus Christ. We want more of the bread of life. We want to be able to say, you know what? I've never been closer to Jesus. That is the greatest reward he could give us so would you make a choice right now to fast let's just get real practical real quick when are you going to fast this week okay when are you going to fast pick a day how long are you going to fast for okay what type of fast are you going to do you going to do a normal fast a partial fast an alternative fast and then why are you going to fast Is there a specific purpose or are there multiple purposes for praying and fasting this week? You want to maximize your spiritual satisfaction, then choose this week to pair prayer with fasting and experience the joy that comes from, um, feeling full by going hungry. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're our model. You, Jesus, fasted from heaven. You left heaven and came to earth. You fasted from heaven for a few years. Why? To reconcile a broken people to God. And because of what you've done, Jesus, through your death, burial, and resurrection, we have life through faith in you. And I pray that if there's anyone watching this morning who doesn't have a real relationship with you, Jesus, may they put their trust in you. Thank you for how much you love us. Lord, I would imagine that there's people watching who are nervous about the idea of skipping a meal. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us courage, knowing that fasting is so much more about satisfaction than it is about sacrifice. We need you. And we love you, in Jesus' name, amen.